ended the service with a question. And Michael, if you can put it back up. What can I give to God that he doesn't already have? I know, Bruce figured it out, and Cece was all too happy to tell me all about it. Oh, no, no, don't text and drive. We don't need to have more prayer requests for that. What can I give God that he doesn't already have? So then the follow-up question is, there's only one thing on this entire planet that God does not have. He did not create, yet he wants. So Bruce and Cece cannot answer. Anybody figure it out in this week? And the people who are reading the script that know what the next slide is, you can't answer either one. The next slide is the answer, my sin. God didn't create our sin. He didn't create sin at all. He doesn't have sin, but he wants it. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the service that we have and the message that we have today. And I'm so excited and I'm so moved by the thought that you didn't create sin, but you want my sin. I pray you give me the ability to to adequately communicate what you have in my heart and that we'll all be challenged. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We know that in Romans 3, 23, it says, For everyone has sinned. There's no one that's excluded in everyone, right? For everyone, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glory, his glorious standard. We often try to do our own thing, and many people think that if they do just enough good, more than they're bad, then they're going to be all right that God will accept me. I cannot tell you how many people that I talk to that I have this conversation with and they say, well, you know, I just believe that if I do really good and, you know, the the good outweighs the bad, then God's just going to let me in. Others think that maybe if the scales will tip just a little bit more. But the interesting thing is your sin doesn't disqualify you. It's actually what God is wanting, even like a present. Now, we just had Christmas not too many weeks ago, right? And we enjoyed having a Christmas tree. We had a live one, so the whole house smelled really, really yummy. And Bruce and Cece leave theirs up for all the different seasons and decorated for all of the different seasons. That's pretty awesome as well. But we look forward to the Christmas season of getting a gift, right? But how many of us thought about bringing a gift to God during the Christmas season? And yet, there's nothing we could give God. He doesn't already have, except for this one thing. He would want you and he'd want me to come to him and not to try and first fix our life so that we can get to him. He wants us to come with our broken messed up, pitiful, dirty, unclean life. And he stands there and goes, that's all I've ever wanted. See, when we come to him and bring to him what we think is great, 
what we think is the best thing for him. The Bible says that's like filthy rags to him. Our best thing that we could give to him is like filthy rags. Look at the story of the prodigal son. We see it in Luke 15, 11. And I'm not going to go into the story, but I'm, if you want to go and read it later, but the prodigal son is a, an allegory that Jesus is giving. It's not an actual event. There's not an actual prodigal son. It's just a story that Jesus created to convey a truth. But the son took what the father had given him. The son didn't have anything except what the father had given him. And he said, I'm going to go and do my own thing. And he lost it. Some people think through the way it was written that he lost it through like the stock market. He invested in the wrong thing. And he ended up in the pig pen. And he ended up squandering everything that his father had given him. He lost it all. He's destitute. And he said, man, even my servants, the servants at my father's house, have it better than I have now. So he goes walking down the road, and he's just humbling himself, going, oh. Can't you see him just rehearsing the word? He's going to say, Dad, I'm sorry. Father, uh, uh. just that whole walk till he got there. It said the father was looking. He was up on the porch looking. He saw his son coming from afar, and he goes, running to him. He didn't go, ooh, wait a minute, you stink like pigs. Where's all the money I gave you? Where's everything I've given you? What did you do with it? Okay, come on, it's time to account for everything. (laughs) Give me what you, come on, tell me how it all went. How did you lose it all? Isn't that what we would do? What did you do with it all that I gave you? No, it says the father's looking and he ran to him and he grabbed him in his arms. And he put a robe on him. See, he brought the filth of the pig pen home. And the father was so excited. Can I tell you? Everything we have, we receive from the father. Our father. He created us. He created even our body. Everything we physically have, he gave us. Every material possession we have only came through him. And if we squandered it, if we've got brokenness, if we've got things that are less than what we would have want them to be, he's not sitting there looking going, oh, what did you do? I can't believe you messed that up. How could you mess that up? That was so easy. He said in there going, won't you bring it to me? The greatest gift you can give God is just to come to him and say, here I am. I'm all broken. I'm messed up. I'm dirty. I smell like the pig pen. There's things in me, Jesus, I wouldn't want anybody to know, and yet I know you know. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 12, verse 9. 
Jesus, it says, went over to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. So Jesus is just going to the, to the, the church, if you will, the synagogue. Just like it says his custom was, he was always in church. And as he walks in there, he happened to notice there was a dude sitting over here with a withered hand. Verse 13, Jesus walked over to him and said, hold out your hand. And can I point out something to you? He doesn't say, hand me, hold out your withered hand. So this guy had a good hand and he had a withered hand. Now, if there's something withered on you and something is less than perfect, is that what you want to show everybody? Or don't you kind of hide that one, like maybe in your pocket? Don't you kind of hide that one? So when Jesus said to him, give me your hand, he could have tried to give Jesus his best hand to impress Jesus. And I want to suggest to you, he would have walked away with a withered hand. But he humbled himself. And when Jesus said, hold out your hand, he held out his hand and it was immediately restored just like the other one. See, God, through Jesus, was saying, give me that which is broken. Give me that which is withered. Give me that which you're kind of even ashamed of, that you wish you could kind of hide and go, that doesn't exist. Ever hear the saying that everybody has skeletons in the closet? Nobody wants to talk about skeletons. But God wants us to come just as you are. Not how you think it ought to be. Not how you think you ought to be. See, we all have this idea, this definition of sin in our mind, of this is what sin is. And this is what I've got to do to get right. Remember I talked about the scales tipping. Well, I'm going to do so much more good, or at least a little bit more good, and I know I'm going to do some bad, but I'm going to try and I'm going to hope that it works out well in the end. We have an idea of what we should do. The Bible says that the definition of sin is knowing what you should do and not doing it, or knowing what you shouldn't do and doing it. And yet God is sitting there going, I know you messed up. I know you did what you shouldn't do. I know you're not doing what you should do. The Apostle Paul even said at one point, he goes, man, the things that I know I should do, those things I don't do. The things I know I shouldn't do, I keep finding myself doing those things again. But I keep pressing forward. Pressing forward. But in that pressing forward, can I suggest to you this morning that we need to bring that to Jesus. We need to bring that to God. See, because I believe every week we talk about surrendering to God. We ask people, we ask you, we ask everyone listening on the stream, everyone listening on the podcast, we're saying, won't you just surrender your life to God? the people I talked to this week, I'm asking again. I'm pleading. Won't you surrender your life to God? See, the way I look at it for me is I have this plate 
filled with the wonderfulness of God. And right now, I think it's got briskets and some great ribs on it on day 21 of prayer and fasting. I think there's a lot of meat on that plate. Anyway, I digress. But I kind of see just sliding it on the table, going, hey, this is the goodness of God. I don't see me going and cramming it down their throat. But sometimes I just want to go, won't you look at it? I was telling several people this week what Pastor Tad in Florida says, that if I could take Jesus out of my heart and put him in your heart just for a second, just for a moment, you would never want him to leave. I was speaking to someone and the next day was circled back with them and was just talking to them like, after you prayed, I, I felt hope in my life. I'm like, all you've seen right now is the, the doors crack just a little bit in that light that's coming. There's so much more. Won't you surrender your life to Christ? But you see, I think we have this complicated, difficult definition of surrender. But I want to suggest to you a few things today. That we're surrendering to God is actually very simple. You see, I believe that we have an idea in our own mind, just like the prodigal son who took what the father had given him and tried to do it on his own and tried to say, I'm just going to take what you've given me and I'm just going to strike out and I'm going to make it all great. I might even make it better than you did, Dad. And it doesn't work. I want to suggest to you that none of us can in ourselves do greatness without God. That it's not going to work out. You're not going to be the best version of you doing it your way. There's a scripture that says that God gives us the desires of our hearts. But I want to suggest to you that it's a two-edged sword. He gives me the desires of my heart. So I have this desire that's burning inside of me. And he fulfills that desire. But I believe the other side of that that is equally true is he's the one that gave me the burning desire. So he gives me the burning desire inside of me and then he fulfills it. So I can walk through life with this desire to do something, this motivation to just, I want to go out and win the world in this area. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a scientist. I want to be a rocket scientist. I want to go to the moon. I want to go, I want to do whatever the fill in the blank is for you. And we try to do it on our own without God. But when we surrender to God, we say, hey, I'm going to take these gifts, these passions, these things that I don't even know what to do with. And rather than trying to do it on my own like the prodigal son, I'm just going to surrender them to you, Father. Because I know you have the best version of me in mind. I know that you will fulfill the gifts and callings that are inside of me because you've given me this blessing inside. Surrendering to God is just allowing him to show you 
what he originally intended you to do with what he gave you. What would have happened in that prodigal son story? Had the prodigal son got his half of it and then went and said, Dad, I want you to teach me how to do what you did. Dad, what's the best way I can invest this money or the best way I can use everything you've given me here and not just go out on his own and turn his back on the father? What would have happened? In John chapter 4, verse 1, we see the story of the woman at the well. She's just going about her business like she does every day. Talk about a hard time in history that all the women had to go and carry these big pots down to the well and pull up the big rope and pull it down and just pour it in there and then they had to lug that whole thing back up the hill or wherever they're going and just do that over and over to have water in their houses and this hard work that this woman's doing she's just going about her business and Jesus shows up and he asks her to draw some water and she goes you don't even have anything to to put it in you don't have anything you don't even have the necessary things And he moves from talking to her about natural water to spiritual water, satisfying the thirst that's deep inside. And he asks her a question about relationships. He says, where's your husband? She goes, oh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, knowing all things, said, you've answered correctly because you've had five husbands And the guy you're living with now, you're not married to. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine being there and you're just thinking about pulling up water out of the well. You just go, and maybe at the end of their day and go, I'm just tired. I can't wait to go home and lay down. And here this guy is just reading your mail. See, she brought to that well broken past relationships. She went running into town telling everybody, come see this man who told me all I've ever done. But can I also show you a side of that story? She didn't say, come see this guy who knows what I did wrong and he told me everything I did wrong. Jesus had his arms extended, accepting her. Not one time do we see him shaking the finger at her and saying, man, you blew it with five relationships and you're now with a sixth one and you didn't even marry him. Today we find people to say, I'll never marry. Can we come to the Father and just say, here it is, God. Here's my mistakes. Here's my marriage. It really isn't that great. Here's my broken relationships. Here's my past failures. They stink, honestly. But I'm not going to hide this withered hand from you and try and say, look at how good I am, God. I hope the scales tip in my direction. Here are my habits, my sins, Here are my addictions. And God's like, that's all I've ever wanted. 
I just want you to bring to me that which is broken. Like the prodigal father, the prodigal son's father, runs and wraps his arms around you. Says, let's put the coat on. Let's barbecue. (laughs) Again, that sounds so good right now. You see, God wants us to bring our past to him. Pastor Chris Hodges says that our past is like smudges on the lenses of our life. They continue to make it all blurry. And you can't see your future as accurate as it is. You can't see the joy that God has. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't even take credit for it, for it is a gift from God. See, there's no tipping of the scale and going, okay, God, I I did pretty good. He says, you can't even take credit for it. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Bow your head with me. All God wants is for us to bring him that which is withered, that which is broken, that which stinks like the pig pen. That thing that we would want to not let anybody know. And he's saying, won't you surrender? Won't you just let me have what I really gave you in the beginning? All that you have is what I've actually given you. Won't you please let me help you be the best version of you? If that's you today, I want you to say this prayer with me. And it's going to have several parts. It may be that you've never accepted Christ before. Or you may say, I'm far from God. Or you may just say, I feel like I'm pretty good with God, but there's some things that I've just tried to keep from Him. And regardless of where you find yourself, this prayer is for you. I would never want to embarrass anyone. So I want you just to pray this in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. But say, Father God, I choose today to give to you what you really want. My brokenness. My sins. My addictions. My mistakes. That which is withered in my life 
and I receive Jesus. I receive what he did purchasing my salvation. I surrender my life to you and I ask you to come in and help me be the best version of me. I accept the free gift of God. In Jesus' name.